Hello, everybody. Live with an espresso shot for you. It is the Ozone. We're calling in from various points of Southern California. I, myself, am doing roll call from Montebello because I'm on set of the hit television show, The Unicorn. But I'm here with my brother from the same mother, The Icons. We got a lot to talk about. It's big news because they're throwing around big money in Major League Baseball. What I mean, in the hell is going on with $324 million for Garrett Cole? <laughs> Wait, it's a lot of, that's a lot of heavyweight, man. That's a lot of money. I mean, it averages out almost, what, uh, man, how much is he going to get? $44,000 a batter that he will face. That's how crazy. That? I mean, do you think he's overvalued, though? Is that overvaluing him? I mean, literally what they've said now is that they've outpriced themselves to keep Aaron Judge there for his whole, in his whole career with the contracts that they well, have on board already. Here's the thing. Baseball has no salary cap, so I don't know about overvalued. The other thing that baseball has is, is that They've doubled their revenue recently to $10 billion. I think it's a double from just maybe this past decade. That's a lot of money. And the difference is, is they don't rip you off like the other sports do. And I won't even say other sports. Basically, the only sport I'm talking about is football because basketball players, you got, you got Mike Conley getting $40 million a year, $30, $40 million a year. This is the time to be young and athletic. Any of you young kids out there listening, exercise some discipline. Tighten your game up and work on your game and go get paid. And help your family out because this they are giving away out of major cheese. Out of high school, this is a lot, a lot of money. I mean, but not only that, we're we're not even talking about Steven Strasburg. That's two forty five out the door. I mean, two forty five. Five is big cheese. Steven Strasburg re-signs the World Series MVP, who absolutely positively dealt all throughout the season and especially in the postseason, is now locked up as a member of the Washington Nationals for the next, I think, seven years. Uh-huh. And he signed for 245, but I'm going to tell you who the real loser is and who may be the best out of the bunch is, as we all know, my favorite, Jacob DeGrom. Right. Jake DeGrom gave the New York Mets so much love because he signed last year an extension for five years and 137 instead of hitting the free agent market. There's rumors that he is going to bring up his agent on charges. What is going on here? <laughs> well, forget about that. I mean... Literally, look at Mike Trout. You can't about 5 or 137. Jake DeGrom is as good as anybody else that we're talking about. And everybody in the world about pitchers. But we're talking about pitchers who pitch every five games. When I speak about it, I'm talking about Mike Trout who gave them crazy love. Because if we're talking about a guy who pitches every five games, Mike Trout could have asked for a billion dollars almost. I mean, literally. Come on, man. This is crazy. It's only crazy because it's relative to how we think about it. Remembering when Ricky Henderson got a million a year. And that was insane. That was big. Rick brought a million on the scene, and it was like a million dollars. It was like it was a prime time player. <laughs> you got that's what he said. If you want to, if you want just this week in baseball, Rick said, if you want an MVP type player like Ricky Henderson, you have to come up with MVP money. Do you know how much a guy like Ricky Henderson? Twenty-four. Oh, stop it! Stop it! Yeah, a guy who is, directly affects every aspect of the game. Rick got to be good for a half a billion in today's climate. Right. Well, you know what? And it's cool because the Yankees and everybody's getting their, they got their money, but through the, through the years lately, nobody's really been getting paid like this. You know, the pitchers actually well, the are thing is, pitchers get paid, but the day-to-day yeah. players aren't getting paid and they need to figure out the collective bargaining agreement. Yeah. That's crazy because the, not to knock the guys pitching every five games because the five games that they are pitching are dominant games, but yeah. That's, and Gary Cole makes a difference in any series. Yeah, but that's 20 games or 21 games out of the year 
when you're talking about a guy like Judge who can impact 100 and, 150, 160 games. I mean, every that's day. a lot. The everyday players, man. He impacts the game in some form or fashion when he's in the lineup every single game, if he could stay healthy. And everybody in the lineup. Aaron Judge is influencing the way that the guys pitch the whole lineup. Right, and the pitchers don't do that. I don't have to worry about Gary Cole. I might not even see him in the series. You might not even see him in, in one of the big series. I might so, sneak by. I might sneak by. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I might sneak by and not have to face that cheese. Man. He has the highest, man, this uh, is... has the highest strikeout ratio per nine in history now. Gary Cole does? Yes. Well, mm-hmm. did you see that thing that I sent you? Uh-oh. They're coming to get me, folks. Hold on a second. You got a little bit of a, a little bit of a scare outside. Uh, but but how about this? Let's just throw this out there, and we're going to move on. Since 1947, the top ten starting pitchers by ERA with 1,000 innings pitch minimum are number one Clayton Kershaw at 2.44, which by the way is absurd because yeah. he hasn't even been great, if you will, the, his normal self the past few seasons. Number two, a guy named Jacob Degrom at 2.62. Gary Cole's name is not on the list. Steven Strasburg's name is not on the list. And it's going to be interesting to see how this whole thing shakes out, especially with the Mets now selling, agreeing to sell the team. So that the Wilpons are getting rid of the team. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, they've sold partial, what, 80% of the team now? Which is Yeah, which and then it's going to be a transition situation. Yeah, which is cool. I mean, let, let the, the, the team grow. Put the, put the, fill the stands with people who actually want to come and watch the game and go to root for the team and give them a good product. And I feel like everybody have that potential to make that kind of money and sell their teams because eventually or the bottom line is that that's what it's all about. It's all about you selling your teams, making that big money, getting that TV ad revenue. And, you know, a lot of teams can't capitalize on that, like the Angels and Artie Moreno, who, who by the way, are after Anthony Rendon now, big time. Apparently they were really in on Cole too. Uh, Artie yeah. doesn't have a problem with opening the, the pocketbook, especially if you're an outfielder. <laughs> you know, he, will, he will open up the checkbook. Um, Want to keep moving here, and Didi Gregorius, Sir Didi is going to Philly. Philly still has stupid money. They've decided that they're spending at all costs. That's a crazy lineup that they're going to have over there. Great pickup. Didi in the, in the middle of that Great lineup, or in the top of that lineup. He's a contact. Didi's a winner. Yeah, contact slash gap hitter who has a lot, nice, nice pop. Not going to lose many games because of Didi Gregorius. I tell you that much. You win a lot. They just more need to get the rotation together. Literally, they do. I mean, they and do. what you don't need to do is to pay Zach Wheeler one eighteen. Basically, you're telling me Zach Wheeler is the equivalent of Jacob Degrom as per his as per his, uh, his salary, no, and that absurd. That's, that's so far from the truth. <laughs> just played it simply not true. Unbelievable. So we're going to keep these special shots up, folks, because we got more hot stove action. The global warming, climate change is heating up because it's getting hot. The guys are getting paid. Uh, I want to move on, though, because we have our college sports specialist on the line. Do it for the tipper. They announced bowl season. What are you thinking? How did you miss on that Oregon upset? And what happened with Wisconsin? And how did they blow that lead? Why you got to put me on the spot like that? Now, listen, <laughs> this is the ozone, baby. It's unfair, and we are partial. We want winners. People might be betting on this. Can't get it wrong. What happened? And what will happen? with these top four teams in the BCS Championship Series? Well, it's going down, Ozone. It's going down. Do it for the tipper back on the scene. Uh, going into the, the holiday season and also bowl season. So get your checkbook ready. Get your coins ready. So let's make some money. This past weekend, <laughs> number three, Clemson, beat up on Virginia, 62-17. to 17. Ohio State, 
<clears throat> excuse me, received numerous calls because Wisconsin was doing what Wisconsin was supposed to do and upset the Ohio State. They started off strong and ended up tanking at the end. They lost to uh, Ohio State, ended up beating Wisconsin 34-21 to in the Big Ten Championship. Number two, LSU, G-E-A-U-X, Tigers, 37-10 to over number four, Georgia uh, Bulldogs. Told y'all, Georgia could not show up in the big bowl games or in the big games at all. So that's why we went with LSU. Number six, Oklahoma, them Sooners, them young Sooners. They ended up putting hands on number seven, Baylor, um, 30-23. to Number 20, Cincinnati. I told y'all, Cincinnati cannot play on the road. If they had all their games at home, they would win. But football and sports don't work that way, so they ended up losing to number 17, Memphis, 24-29. to Going into the big bowls, the final four of football, Oklahoma Sooners, number four is going to be matched up against the LSU-GEAUX Tigers. I'm going with LSU, the Tigers. Then we got number three, the Clemson Tigers. Clemson Dabo Sweeney Tigers versus number two Ohio State. I think this season the 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 BCS they got everything pretty much right, but I believe you have to knock the champ out. Clemson Tigers was the champ last year, so they should be ranked number one, even regardless of the schedule. It's almost like in any other sport, you have these teams like Boise State that will have these soft schedules and Notre Dame's have these soft schedules, but if they win out and go undefeated, they're still going to be number one because they're the champs. Clemson Tigers should be number one, but in this case, they're ranked I three. I think you're a homer. I think you're a Clemson homer. You didn't even go to Clemson. <laughs> you're a hater, but anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Can I finish? <laughs> yes. Before you get pulled me. back on the set. So we're going to go with Clemson <laughs> Tigers first over Ohio State. At the beginning of the college football season, when we did the Ozone back in August, I repeat, I, read, I ran with the Clemson Tigers to repeat as the national football champions. I roll with that. Clemson Tigers to win the playoffs and to be the national champions in 2020 when the Big Bowl happens. Um, the college football season was amazing. Um, I did miss, I'll say, out of all seasons, maybe about 10 to 15 picks I may have missed. But as a gambler and as a just uh, upset rule, you want to go ahead and jump on those upsets just because you like the odds, because the odds are great. Um, I missed on the Oregon with the Utah State last week on Friday night game. Um, and I mentioned to those on fans that Utah has not had a whole lot of TV time. They did upset USC earlier in the season. I figured that Oregon would be the favorite because Oregon has a bold experience. It didn't happen. Well, you know, Utah just, it was good game. Really good game, but <laughs> didn't go the way you wanted it to go. Didn't go the way I went. Now you know. So the top four we got LSU, Ohio State, number three Clemson. We got number four Oklahoma. We got number five Georgia. Number six Oregon. Number seven Baylor. Number eight Wisconsin. Um, Alabama is I think thirteen right now and well deserving. Um, shout out to two. I hope he gets well and make that impact to get that uh, baseball money in football. Yeah. When he comes. Yeah, I agree. That kid needs to switch <laughs> over, man. And if popping your hip out of socket and busting your knee up doesn't let you know that, I don't know what will. Right. 
Right. So that's what he has a whole right he can now. Play the game. He can be a great center fielder. He can be he's a lefty too. He can come he can come out the pen and just Yeah, he's got a, there's a lot of options. Yeah. A lot of options and they'll pay him just on potential. Well, all right, oh, yeah. so for the tipper, appreciate your contribution. Uh wanna move on quickly here, uh just a couple of news and notes. Now, we told you guys uh, if you watch the Anthony Joshua Andy Ruiz uh, rematch this weekend, you got to see the Leon White on the undercard, and he looked a little physically sloppy. But part of that reason is because he wasn't uh, prepared because he'd gotten a doping suspension, which was lifted. They come to find that they made a mistake with the testing situation and not the Leon. So one thing that's interesting is is that now everything has fallen back into the place for the young man. And although Anthony Joshua knocked him out, it is uh, now he is the interim WBC champion, meaning that he is the mandatory for whoever wins between Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. So you're going to see the lean chunk them soon uh, with whoever it is that wins that belt on uh, February 22nd, whether that is Deontay keeping the belt or Tyson Fury walking away with it. Very interesting. And also, that's a problem for what? Both of them. Fury and I don't know. I I think, I actually think Fury probably gives the Liam White more trouble than Wilder. Wilder is going to hit him big and heavy and can put him to sleep. We'll see which Deleon White shows up. That's what I want to know. Because Deleon, he puts on good heavyweight fights. Take a punch. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, you have to take the biggest punch if you're fighting Deontay. Um, (laughs) Very, very interested to see what what happens there. Uh, And then we have, uh, uh, along those lines, with with the the boxing championships that are taking place, everybody and their mom has an opinion now and is pretty vocal about Andy Ruiz's conditioning or lack thereof. LL Cool J's come out and said something, uh, but you name it. Anybody that has ever had an opinion on anything is disappointed in Andy Ruiz. And I think it's really starting to sink in on him that he really, really, really ate up $150-$200 million, let alone losing his belts. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how and if he bounces back because people think Andy was some sort of a one-hit wonder. Andy's 33-2, and two, like we said before. He ain't no chump. It's just that, 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 that... I think everyone's seen the great potential that he... That, that everyone's seen the potential that he had. But I don't... Coming into the ring at 283, I don't think that Andy realized how much potential he had going into that fight. How he could have changed the whole dynamics of boxing by beating Andy yeah. Joshua. Well, he didn't have to beat him. That, this is the point. All he had to do was have a good showing, and they could have changed the dynamics of him being able to uh, pick up crazy, crazy dough in the future. Yeah. Oh. But this All is right, the discipline. Of- Later, you sound like you got a piece to say about Andy. You sound like you got to get in, get it out. This is the discipline of it all, you know, because to to win the heavy, heavyweight championship. But to maintain that level or status is very, very hard to do, you know, because guys buy into the good life. Then you lose focus and then you lose the belt. You become a one-hit wonder. Like we said the last episode, there's been a few of them out there, but it's very hard to maintain that level. And that's why you have to respect these guys when they get that belt and and hold on for it, hold on to it for a little while. Yeah. And also, one last little bit on boxing. They're setting up a clash because they're going to have Jorge Linares and Ryan Garcia co-headline in uh, a boxing event in early February in the L.A. area with hopes of them meeting later on in the year. And uh, that could have the makings of a good fight, but I just, man, 
I, I really would be surprised if, depending on which Jorge Granada shows up, but this would be a good test for Ryan Garcia whenever that is that they actually mix it up. Right. Really good test for him. They need to have a class on scorekeeping. These judges is terrible. God. Okay, brother. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, didn't, I didn't judge any of the fights. <laughs> I know. Ah. All right, folks. This is an espresso <laughs> shot of the Ozone for you. Glad that you tuned in. You can give us a call anytime you want and participate in the Ozone yourself at 424-254-9663. That's 424-254-ZONE. I am your host, Omar Miller, reminding you that we're all in this thing together. So treat each other with love and respect. This is the Ozone. Ozone. I'm just living the dream. I'm in love with the lights.